the Ain't No Fang podcast. From Arizona Sports, Ain't No Fang. A massive surprise in the MLB offseason has nothing to do with the Arizona Diamondbacks. We'll get to them a little bit later. Of course it doesn't. <laughs> I'm Steve Zinsmeister. That's Cody Fincher on the Ain't No Fang podcast. Yeah, the big surprise in Major League Baseball, one of the biggest free agents this entire offseason was Carlos Correa. Uh, who we talked about a lot in context of there were four major shortstops available. Some of them were starting to find homes. Where was Carlos Correa going to end up? A guy who did a one-year deal in Minnesota or an opt-out year. He opts out, hits free agency for the second year in a row, and we all assumed he was going to make big money. And he did. He was supposed to make $350 million in over 13 years with the San Francisco Giants, except... That isn't where he's going to be playing next year. He made big money twice. Two times. So I guess something happened with San Francisco, and we'll dive into that here, right? And then we wake up one morning, and it turns out he's no longer going to sign with San Francisco, but instead the New York Mets for 12 years, $315 million. So I was going to bed um, when this was first reported. I was laying in bed, scrolling on my phone, about ready to fall asleep. <laughs> I refreshed Twitter. And it's John Heyman breaking. Oh, do we trust that? No, no, I did not. <laughs> After what so happened with I, Aaron Judge. I lay, so John Heyman tweets breaking. Carlos Correa agrees with Mets. 12 years, 315 million, I think it is. And I'm like, what? And for me, this is just me. I hadn't even seen that the whole press conference postponing thing with the Giants. I hadn't even seen that. So you didn't have the context. So I'm like, what's going on? Um, I had read something about like the physical, like he th- there's a holdup on his physical or whatever. I'm like, uh uh oh. And um so I laid in bed even longer, refreshing Twitter, hopefully another baseball insider. I'm sorry, John Heyman, but the whole Aaron Judge thing, I'm you're on kind of my list now. Um sure you're a good dude. But uh <laughs> we don't know that. But so I'm waiting for Ken Rosenthal. Jeff Passan to tweet about this because usually when someone when someone tweets hell Mark Feinsand yeah <laughs> Robert anybody Robert Murray <laughs> yeah you know whatever um, Joel Sherman somebody uh, somebody local from the Giants yeah <laughs> or the Mets <laughs> yeah so um, so therefore I laid in bed scrolling even longer hoping hoping one of those other people tweet source confirms this happened and it didn't happen and I'm like okay I'm just gonna go to bed. And I woke up the next morning, and of course, I had like 20 Twitter notifications. How Carlos Correa became a New York Met. How Carlos Correa, what happened with the Giants? Blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh my goodness, what is happening here? How many other times have we ever seen this, whether it's a player or coach or GM or whatever, where they're agreed to a team... Ooh. And then they don't actually end up there. They 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 pull the plug last minute. Like I think of Josh McDaniels to the Colts. Yes. Remember that? That was super last minute. He had an introductory press conference, didn't he, with the Colts? It was in that phase. I don't remember if yeah. they had the press conference or not. I think they did. He pulled back and instead of becoming the head coach, he went back to New England to yeah. be the offensive coordinator. Of and course, now he's in Las Vegas. Maybe kind of ties back to that a little bit, although it happened way before that. Bill Belichick to the Jets. Yeah. That whole scenario played out very weirdly. Nick Saban never agreed. No, okay. 
Nick Saban was, he was the coach of the Dolphins. He's like, I'm not going to be the next coach of Alabama, right? And then he ended up going to Alabama. Yeah, and there was a whole thing or about... it was the LSU, uh, I can't remember. No, but there was a whole thing about the University of Texas was yeah. offering him or something like that. And yeah, he ended up going to Alabama anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not leaving. Okay, f- goodbye. Finalized deals are almost never finalized. Until you sign the contract and he hadn't signed the contract yet. So here's what happened. Okay. Here's what happened with the San Francisco Giants. They agree to sign Car- Carlos Correa. Both sides agree on a 13-year, $350 million contract. Oof. The fourth largest contract in North American sports history. So they're going through with all the physical and the medical help, right? Apparently, the Giants... I'm reading this is in an article from Jeff Passan on ESPN+. Plus. So you need an ESPN Plus subscription to read this. Apparently, Scott Boris gets a call from Farhan Zaidi, the 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 man in charge. I don't know what his title is, president of baseball operations or Probably. something like that, for the San Francisco Giants. He used to be with the Dodgers. You know who he is. Gotcha. Scott Boris gets a call from Farhan Zaidi saying th- there was a little bit of a hiccup with his med- with Carlos Correa's medicals that they were concerned about. Turns out what the Giants were concerned about was in 2014, Carlos Correa. Yeah, yes, I see the look on your face. That's nobody like else. Nobody else. Can, nobody else can see the look on Steve's face. Like, <laughs> wait, 14? What? 14. That was like eight years ago. So apparently, in 2014, when Carlos Correa was still in the minor leagues, he broke his fibula, which needed to be surgically repaired. Apparently, the Giants are super concerned about how this injury that happened eight years ago is going to affect Correa's mobility as he gets later in his career. Of course, 13 years in 13 years, Carlos Correa is going to be an older player. But you would think at a certain time, the Giants would just move him from shortstop to third base. But who knows? Well, that's kind of the way that I view all these massive contracts, right? Think of all the contracts that big in history or, you know, in the hundreds of millions of dollars range. A-Rod didn't play third base all that long into that contract. He ended up being a DH. Yeah. Uh, Miguel Cabrera moved from third base to first base and then eventually a DH. Uh, Name another massive contract. Albert Pujols eventually became a DH. I mean, like, these guys don't play their athletic positions all that long. Yeah. So, I guess the, the, the Giants, I'm reading this from Jeff Pazin's article again, who he got all the inside information about how this happened. The team asked Scott Boris for more time to consider whether whether or not they were going to honor or walk away from the agreement. The Giants postponed Tuesday morning's news conference, which they were going to introduce Carlos Correa, which was the first sign to the world that something was amiss. Correa sat, waited, and tried to stay calm, even as his family struggled to. By the way, his entire family flew into San Francisco to attend the news conference. Uh His parents, his wife, obviously. Um... And so this says, finally, at about 1, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific time, the parties reengaged on the phone. Boris asked the team officials whether they intended to proceed with the 13-year contract. The Giants said they did not, at least not at its current length and value. Perhaps they could work out a new deal. And then, of course, after that happened, here come the New York Mets. Hey, we don't care about your leg injury in 2014. Here's 12 years, $315 million. By the way, you get to also join a ridiculously stacked lineup in New York. By Okay, the Mets have spent $806 million this offseason. 
They gave $100 million to their closer. Their single-year payroll is going to be close to $400 million. This is also a, a year where they lost DeGrom. DeGrom's not even there. They go out and get Verlander, uh, Kodai Senga from Japan. Um, they go out and get now Correa. Uh, they bring back Edwin Diaz, a $100 million contract. Man, oh my gosh. They bring back Brandon Nimmo on a big deal. You're still paying Pete Alonzo a chunk of change. Lindor is making 30-something million dollars this year. He had a he had a decade-long $300 million contract, too. Pete Alonzo is not even... He's on his arbitration deal. He's deals. the cheap one, yeah. He's the cheap guy. Yeah. Jeff McNeil is cheap, and he won the batting title Starling last year. Starling Marte still there? Yes, he is. He's probably making You're, a chunk. So the projected lineups have Mark Canna hitting eighth. Mark Canna's a really good hit. Yeah, Omar Narvaez they brought in to play catcher. They just traded James McCann to the Orioles to get get out of that contract. Stacked line. They're stacked. Bullpen, starters, everything. The left side of their infield is the exact left side of the infield for Team Puerto Rico. So that's interesting that they're going to play Correa at third base, right? Yep, they are. Keep Lindor at short. Because they have Brett Beatty coming up, who's a a hot shot prospect. It's something that we talked about with Xander Bogertz, that you know he, of course, wanted to get paid like a shortstop. Because let's be honest, you get paid more to play short than you do third base. Sure. Usually, because it's a more demanding physical position athletically. But in Carlos Correa's case, it appears that he was very open to that. And maybe that's because he's in a stacked lineup, because he's in New he's York. Also, maybe he wanted to be there. He's also friends with Lindor. They're both on Team Puerto Rico. I think oh, it's Puerto Rico. Can I play conspiracy theorist here for a second? Sure. Go for it. Correa's side and the Giants. I think you look at that lineup with Correa in it, I'm still not scared of it. No, because... He's the only good player got, on that team if he signs with the Giants. We got to look at that lineup when it was it was inaccurately reported that Aaron Judge was going to the Giants. And people were starting... You know, as, as all these baseball Twitter accounts do, they tweet out projected lineups with the big players in them. And even then, it was like... Other than Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. What am I looking at here? Mitch Haniger, Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah. Like... There's some okay players uh, yeah. there, but nothing I'm worried about. <laughs> nothing I yeah, nothing to write home about. And the same thing was with Carlos Correa as well. Obviously, he, yeah. Carlos Correa was hitting third with all these decent players, but not crazy good players around him. So here's where I don't blame the Giants. If you're going to spend $350 million, like a third of a billion, on one individual, one employee in your company... You better be damn sure that that's the guy you want to invest in for 13 years. Yeah. And, how, and the other thing, too, with these long-term contracts, the way I see them, at least, is you're really paying for the first, like, six six years, probably. You're not paying for 13 years of even production all 13 years. Right. You're paying for six really good, five, six really good years, and then that guy's going to become Miguel Cabrera, who is just kind of, not, DH. not to disrespect him, but he's, he's nothing right now. Mm-hmm. Albert Poulos, the last two years, has been... He had a fun year this past year. Sure. It's not great. Well, it, yeah, Albert Pujols had Robinson a fun, Cano. Albert Pujols had a fun year because he was chasing 700 home runs. Yeah, and he started hitting like a home run every game. It seemed like it was different. And Miguel Cabrera had a fun part of the season this year because he was chasing 3,000 hits. Yeah, um, which he did get. But yeah, the I'll play the other side there of the Giants. Why in the world would you be concerned about a leg injury? That was successfully repaired eight years ago. And like you said, if you're signing a guy to a big contract, a long length contract like that, yeah. 
Are you really going to be? And I'm not saying the Giants have a championship window in the next few years. Like they made the playoffs two years ago. They had a great season. They won the division, but they had a mediocre season this past season with the same players. Um, again, they had injuries and other things like that. They lost Kevin Gosman, sure. whatever. Um, Buster Posey retired. So, um, but re- are you really worried about 13 years down the road with Carlos Correa? who's probably statistically probably not even going to be on your team at that time. You'd probably trade him before that. I get it. But I mean, another part of this Jeff Passan article that was interesting was Scott Boris's response to the giants was we got a decade long offer from the Minnesota twins who he just played for who know his medicals, who have looked... They know him better than anybody. They know him better than anyone. Him, the the Twins, and the Astros know know Carlos Correa better than anybody. All his history, his medical history, all that stuff. And yet the Minnesota Twins were okay with offering them a 10-year contract for Correa. Why... Basically, his response is, why aren't you okay with it? So to go back to my conspiracy theory, I think it's buyer's remorse. I think the Giants looked at their investment that they had made, Three hundred fifty million, and they look at that that projected lineup that we talked about. You think they were looking for a way to get out of that contract? Maybe, maybe it's not Ooh. even looking for a reason to get out, but maybe it's you start to see something on the medicals that maybe you're not overly concerned, but you have questions. Yeah, and you're like, is it really worth to worth spending three hundred fifty million on a guy who I have even just one question? Because again, you're going to spend that much money on one guy for your team. If you're going to make that heavy of an investment in just one player, you got to be right. You have to be right. I wonder if I wonder if it was all about the years on the deal, not necessarily. Then the why they offer it to him to begin with? But then they are seeing these medicals and they're like, "Oh, maybe we should have offered." Hey, hey, Scott, hey, Scott Boris, you, you we, we're we're kind of we're kind of we're concerned about this. Can we maybe work on the years a little bit? As soon as they backed out of that deal. That's where any other team could call Scott Boris. And maybe Scott Boris called some other teams. Who knows? Oh, I'm sure he did. Definitely. I mean, he's probably like, well, well, remember before the Giants signed Correa or agreed to sign him, there was the whole rumor, are the Mets going to go after Carlos Correa? Are the Mets going to do this? You don't think, I, I totally think Scott Boris called Steve Cohen and was like, hey, the Giants just backed out. What do you want? You know what you're missing? Another $300 million contract. Yeah, hey, you know what you need? You need to spend some more money. Keep in mind, too, I mean, (laughs) I don't think most of the guys who have $300 million contracts in baseball right now, like the recent signings, I don't think any of them stay at their position. I don't think Francisco Lindor is a shortstop six years from now. I think he's probably a second baseman. Manny Machado already moved off of shortstop. He moved off a while ago, though. Yeah. Probably, I don't even know if it was before the signing, but I think it was around the same time. Well, like, he was he was playing third for Baltimore. Yeah. So Fernando Tatis probably think, not going to be a shortstop I anymore. Think Machado was playing third because they also had JJ Hardy at the time. Yeah. But I mean, who's better? You, you got to get moved off short for JJ yeah. Hardy. Um, Fernando Tatis. Yeah. He's going to be That's a corner outfielder. Injury probably. related, but yes. Well, but it's also you just signed Xander well, Bogarts too. Trey Turner. Probably a second He'll probably baseman. go back to second base. Probably, or or outfield where he can range. I don't know if he still has speed at that point in his Yeah, career. who knows? I don't think any of these guys stay at their most athletic position of shortstop long term. How many old dudes do you see out there playing short? They were, The Giants were... Even do- Derek Jeter didn't play short at the end. He was a DH for a lot of the time. He was, but when he played the field, it was at short. 
Yeah. Because that was just because he was Derek Jeter. But even he had to DH in the end. Well, the Giants... Cal Ripken's the only guy, and he moved to third base eventually. The Giants have one of the better fielding sh- uh, shortstops in Brandon Crawford. They were about, with Correa, they were going to move him to third base. Yeah. So, that just, yeah, she goes to show you. Yep, a lot of the shortstops move away. I'm sure Xander Bogarts won't be a, a shortstop forever. No. It was already talked about him moving positions. He just signed that deal. Yeah. Yeah, and, and listen, I understand. You, you go into every negotiation trying to get as much money as possible. So, of course, I, you're going to say, I'm a shortstop, pay me like a shortstop, because right. that's going to make you more money. But you know in the back of your head, six years from now, five years from now, some of these guys are going to be switching positions. So I, I don't think it was the Giants not wanting to spend money, because I think they were obviously in on Aaron Judge. Yep. They were, I think they there was a rumor I saw they were willing to go to almost $400 million for Aaron Judge. They offered a higher, at least higher annual salary than the Yankees did to Aaron Judge, and he chose to stay in New York. They were in on Rondon. They, uh, Rodon. Rodon. Yep. They, well, they already had signed him last year, and they well, were still I'm talking wanting about to bring him back. Yeah, he, ends, yeah. he ends up going back, to, going to the Yankees. So here's, a, here's another theory, then. Did they cut bait with Correa because they wanted to spend more than they spent on Correa? Did they want to get multiple big names, and they only got the one, yeah. and they realized, we're not competitive with just one. We needed to get Judge and Rodon. We needed to get Correa and Rodon. We needed to get Correa and, you know, insert whatever player you, you want if here. If you're willing to spend all that money, there's always next year to spend some more money, too. Shohei Otani's a free agent next year. Yeah. Well, that's do, do they so pull, that's do the they thing. pull back on Correa now. and they just now are throwing all their chips in get to out. the Otani sweepstakes get next year? Get out now to clear that space for next well. year. If you realize you're not going to win that much more games, or maybe you win less games with Correa than you did last season, then maybe you look at it and you say, well, let's not throw $40 million a year at him. Yeah. Or whatever it was. $30, $35 million. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just feel like there's something shady going on there. It The whole thing that makes it shady is the injury they're concerned about happened eight years ago. Yeah, I know. That's weird. Eight, well, they well, must have seen something. While that's Correa still, was in the minor leagues, does he still have like a something in the leg that showed them that there was a problem, or are they just concerned over something that happened so long ago? Because he's been he's, a World Series shortstop. He's like, won a World Series. He's been like it said in the article, a platinum Glover at, in 2021. He's a platinum Glover with the Minnesota Twins. He it just, hasn't impacted him yet. The Minnesota Twins just gave him forty something million dollars last year. And they're willing, according to Scott Boris, of course, willing to give them another 10-year contract. What are the D-backs doing this offseason? They're doing nothing, Steve. Oh, okay. Glad we did that well, segment on it's them. not. <laughs> All right, next topic. And podcast um, over. <laughs> so they haven't done nothing, okay? They tr- they have made. I have four moves written down. Can okay, well, them? I can only think of three off the top of my head, so I'm forgetting one. Okay. One, they traded for Kyle Lewis. They traded Cooper Hummel to Seattle for Kyle. Kyle Lewis, yep. who is now their right-handed hitting outfielder. Two, they signed Miguel Castro for their bullpen. Back end he reliever. might be their closer. I don't know. He's got closer incentives in his contract. Yeah. And then they signed um, is it, it's Scott McGuff, right? Yeah. Scott McGuff from Japan. I honestly don't even a know if that's right. I just 30, said yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember the McGuff part. <laughs> a 33-year-old reliever that was playing in Japan. Yeah. What's you know the, the fourth f- one? What's the fourth it's one? It's even smaller than all of those. 
I don't even think. Oh, he, the the Vargas. Vargas. Yeah, Vargas. They traded. Well, technically, I think traded for Carlos Vargas. Or they claimed him off waivers or something. Something like that uh, from Cleveland. Yeah, none of these are right home about it moves. Uh, certainly, the biggest of them is probably the trade for Kyle Lewis because they needed a right-handed hitting outfielder. They, well, they DFA'd one. They DFA'd Stone Garrett. So, uh, yeah, but Stone Garrett, I, I liked him when he was here. Don't get me wrong. Uh, my favorite moment of the season for him specifically was when he hit a home run off Dylan Cease, who I think yeah. is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Um, but I mean, he's not super athletically gifted. I don't know that he's he fits probably in the a designated hitter yeah. against lefties he was for now. The last so talented outfielder. But the thing have. about Kyle Lewis is like he has not had a very good batting average recently. He's been injured. Um, he won. He did win the American League Rookie of the Year, but it was in 2020 during 60 games, a 60-game season. season. Um, not not trying to you know discredit what he did that season or anything, but I think 2020 everything pretty much has has an asterisk on it. Yeah, I think you're probably so, right on that. So I hope that works out. I like Kyle Lewis. I hope it works. But so far, I mean, every player they've been linked to in rumors or articles has signed somewhere else. Uh, Justin Turner. Justin Turner goes to the Red Sox on a two-year deal. Xander Bogarts, remember they were linked to Bogarts, kinda, yeah, sort of in an article. And then someone reported that like they were serious contenders for him, which I mean I don't think they were ever serious, but who knows? Brandon Drury. Brandon Drury. Literally, <laughs> the day before Drury signs with the Angels. Ken Rosenthal puts out in, in a column on the Athletic that the Diamondbacks have checked in on Brandon Drury. The next day, he signs with the Angels. Yeah, the two catchers they were interested in Sean Murphy in his trade. He Sean, went to Sean Murphy gets traded to the Braves. They were interested reportedly in Christian Vasquez, who signs with the Twins. So that's done. Um, we if had, you were interested in Tucker, we Barnhart, had mentioned Tucker Bar- Barnhart, but that was not ever reported. No, but we he, were just naming catchers at that. But point. he just signed with what the Cubs, something like that. Something yeah. like that. If they were interested in Dansby Swanson, he's now a Cub, right? Um, so there's not a lot of uh, prime guys to sign at this point. The only other thing the Diamondbacks have been rumored to do is trade one of their young outfielders. Possibly, they've gotten calls reportedly on on Varsho and on Alec Thomas. So I've said this all. There along. was the whole Houston rumor too. The with Varsho, that there's yeah. been uh, uh, conversations with between the D-backs and the Houston Astros surrounding Dalton Varsho. But my understanding is they just re-signed Michael Brantley. They they did. Yes. So they did. are they really going after a left-handed hitting outfielder anymore? Is he is is Michael Brantley going to play outfield for them though? He's older now. Is he just going to DH? No, he'll probably DH alongside Alvarez. I mean, they could alternate left field. They've been playing Alvarez in left field, yeah. They could alternate left field, which is weird to me. But but how many how many left handed hitting outfielders do they need? You know, like they have a lot. I don't. Kyle Tucker is also left handed. I don't think you add Brantley to that mix and have Brantley, Alvarez, and Tucker, and then go out and get Varsho. Now they have the same problem the D backs have. Yeah, is too many left handed hitting outfielders. So who knows? But it's been kind of it's been kind of disappointing. I'm not going to lie. Um. I still think there's a trade coming. That's but I still think there is. That's fine, but don't you have to sign some people to make your team better? You got to sign some people. Well, where are you going to put them? On the field. I'm not dissing <laughs> on, the, on the field in the clubhouse before the game in on their the locker, field during the game in the uniform. Um, like, but, come but on. no, we've talked about this. Like the Diamondbacks are clearly not a great team. They're not maybe not even a good team yet. 
They're an up-and-coming team. Yeah, but they don't have a lot of massive holes in the lineup. They have a catcher. Do they have a good catcher? I don't think so, but they have a catcher. They have a shortstop. Is he a good shortstop? (laughs) Uh, Probably not, but they have two of them, actually. They have... uh, they have pretty much everything. They have a third baseman. Is he the ultimate end-all, be-all I know third where you're going. Probably not. I, I agree. They have. They don't have holes where they don't have anybody to play there, but what they do have is a bunch of positions that need improvement. Upgradable. They have Yes, they need upgrades at a lot of positions. Third base probably needs an upgrade. Josh or Rojas, at least somebody who's right-handed to supplement yeah, Josh, Josh Rojas. Josh Rojas was good on offense. His defense still is so-so. Yeah. Shortstop, they need an upgrade at shortstop. And maybe it's coming with Jordan Lawler this year. Maybe he, in yeah. September, though, if he's on the Corbin, we've been talking about this a lot, if he's on the Corbin Carroll track, it's not going to be till September, a September call-up for Lawler. And he'll probably stick around the next year. But in the meantime, your shortstops right now are Nick Ahmed, who is who missed the entire season yep. with an elbow injury, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then Geraldo Perdomo, who can't hit very well. No. So there's that. Second base, you got to roll with Cattell Marte. You just signed him to an, uh, to an extension. He had a bad year last year. He needs he to be DH better. A little bit. He needs to be better. You're good at first base with Christian Walker. He's a gold glover, hit 30-plus home runs last year. Yep. Outfield is fine. Totally fine. To be honest. Almost it's, stacked at it's this fine. point. It's you fine. Got, you've got Kyle Lewis, who we just talked about, is the right-handed hitter out there. Jake McCarthy... Corbin Carroll, Dalton Varsho, and Alec Thomas. It's now, a surplus. You can you can deal one of those guys, not named Corbin Carroll. You can you can deal one of those guys. And to me, preferably not Varsho either. I would think the guys you can trade are either McCarthy or Thomas. But I I don't want to give up anybody, but if it, <laughs> if, it, if you want them all to become but great. <laughs> that, but that yeah. But that leads me to my next position that needs upgrading. Pitching. Yeah, all of it. All of it. They need bullpen and starting pitching help. Their right now, their rotation is Zach Gallon, Merrill Kelly, and Madison Bumgarner. Not great. They need two more starters. Um, whether or not that does come from some of the young guys we saw, like Dre Jameson or Kyle, or not Kyle Nelson, Ryan Nelson, um, or if it's a trade, they could deal one of those surplus of outfielders. Tommy Henry might work his way. Tommy in there. Henry as well. I forgot about Tommy Henry. Um. I'm really excited about Brandon Fought, who I, he, I th- think I, will probably be a AAA guy for I thought a while. he was going to get a shot maybe a little bit late last year, but... He was only in AAA for a hot right. minute, I think. Um, I really liked what I saw out of Ryan Nelson. I really, really liked what I saw out of Dre Jameson. That dude throws really hard, and he throws strikes. Well, and as we've talked about, their philosophical shift in the bullpen this offseason is they're adding guys who throw hard and yes. have good stuff. I, I they would might not still, have the best numbers in the world. I would still like to see some some pieces added to the bullpen. Um, I mean, I don't think you add a bullpen piece via a trade unless it's part of a package um, with somebody else, maybe a starting pitcher or a right-handed hitting corner infielder i think we're um, gonna see some prospects move to the bullpen yeah some pitching guys yeah they I have can see that i know it sounds stupid almost with at what point they are in the contending phase to move off of starting pitchers before they've even proved they're good you could also trade they got a bunch you of dudes also trade some of those guys that are a little bit lower in the minor leagues who are uh up and coming, like a, a a Bryce Jarvis, maybe. We've talked about this before, too. Who's the best reliever the Diamondbacks have had in recent memory? 
like the biggest name, like face of the franchise almost. Oh boy. That they developed. Not nobody. Archie, Archie Bradley. Bradley. Archie Bradley. But he was a starter. He was a starter. Yep. That's the only player in the bullpen that I could think of that they basically molded, that they drafted, brought up. I mean, is Andrew it Chafin? Is it bad that the last guy him? I can think of that was kind of like, he wasn't a starter, but he ended up being a really good closer. Jose Valverde? Oh, that was so long ago. Though. I know, but I can't so think of anybody else. I can't think of anyone else. I mean, Archie Bradley was a top pitching prospect. And unfortunately, he got hit in the face, and he was never really the same after that, starting games at least, and he became a really good reliever. eh, Maybe I shouldn't say really good. He was a good reliever, and also a great clubhouse dude. We just have this, like, what's the right word? Not, like, mystical view of Archie Bradley, but he had one of the biggest moments in the franchise's recent history. The triple. And it wasn't on the mound. It was in the batter's box. Right. And so we, and of course, the this is our house against the Dodgers. Like he was sick and tired of seeing Dodger fans fill up Chase Field. He stood up to the bully. Yeah, he stood up to the to the big villain, basically. Yeah, he's the little hero sticking up to the big bad villain. He is Captain America, just standing off against Thanos' whole freaking army, and said, "This is my house. This is our house." And that's why we love Archie Bradley. And I continue to love Archie Bradley. I always will. I think there's a part of this, the fan base here that will always love Archie Bradley. If they went out and signed Archie Bradley right now, it would probably go over very well. Is he still uh, available? I think he's still a free agent. I believe he That'd is. That'd be an interesting signing. He has I, been most recently with the Angels. He's not very good anymore. But he, he he did not have a very good year with the Angels. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if they would do that. The fans Maybe, would get behind it, though. They, they sure would. And if they're looking for a PR stunt, yeah, why not? Um, a cheap one. Right. He's a reliever. So, yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of work that needs to be done in the bullpen. I, to me, they still don't have a closer, and most of those guys on the free agent market are gone. Yeah. Um, Edwin Diaz obviously went back to the Mets. Um, Kenley Jansen went to the Red Sox. Right. Um, Liam Hendricks is apparently available via trade, but he's making a lot of money. It's like 17 a year. Yeah, so they're not going to pay that for a closer, I don't think. Even if they ate half of that. You're still paying him the amount you're paying Mark Melanson. Right. So I think just right now and not seeing what's going on in spring training, obviously, yet, it looks like it's going to be Miguel Castro. Um, Honestly, I'd call it an open contest at this point. Yeah, but I think he's probably the favorite, wouldn't you say? With all those incentives and his contract and all that. I think if we didn't know about the incentives, I would say it's completely open race. I would agree with that. But the incentives to me signify that they're at least considering using him in that role. Yeah, and I'm sure a lot of minor league guys are going to get a shot at finishing games as well, like you were saying. Yeah. Um, There's... You know, Blake Walston is another guy that apparently throws really hard. He's a lefty too, so that might work. I think I read too. Tyler Gilbert is now out. Yes, he was. He was DFA'd, DFA'd when they signed McGuff, and that's another guy who just doesn't throw hard. I mean, he. I don't even think he throws ninety. It was inconsistently like eighty-eight. Yeah, but another guy that was like, "Ooh, Tyler Gilbert. I hope he becomes something good because he threw a, he threw a no hitter in his he first had, start. He had an amazing moment, not just for himself but for this franchise. Yep." And there's nothing they can take away from that. But is he the greatest pitcher in the world? No, he's really not. No. I. So they're going to have a lot of young guys injected into this. But to your point, I hope that there's at least one, if not two starters coming from outside the organization. There, there has to be. And if, if especially if you're going to trade either Varsho or Thomas 
and I'll go back to the reporting done by our John Gambadoro here at Arizona Sports. And what he said on the Burns and Gambo show was that the Diamondbacks are seeking the sun, the moon, the stars. They're 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 seeking a high price for either Dalton Varsho or Alec Thomas, as they should be. And that if they do trade one of those guys, it's not going to be for prospects. It's going to be for hopefully what they end up getting a all-star player in return. And whether that's a pitcher or or an infielder or not, I don't know. But if they do trade one of those guys, it has to be for something sustainable. It has to be a controllable player. Like I, I mean, we were talking about with the Houston rumor for Varshow. The idea is getting tossed around. I don't know that any of these were actually reported, but the idea was possibly you get one of those young starters in Houston. You get uh, Christian Javier, maybe. You get Luis like, Garcia, more I likely. I would like Christian Javier. I He's very that. good. I would love that. That's that's a player you, that appeals to You and to I me. were uh, messaging each other the other week, and you had brought up maybe Corey Lee, who's a nice catching prospect. For They've them. got a couple of catching prospects in Houston, so it's a position of need. So could you could you get? Let's say you can't get Christian Javier, but let's say you downgrade to Luis Garcia plus a catching prospect like Corey Lee. Yeah, plus maybe one other prospect. Yeah, they've got like Pedro Leon is a shortstop. But or, again. If if what Gambo reported is accurate, which I think it is, is that the all star players they're look all star player they're looking for? Uh, do you think Garcia is that player? No, I don't. Do you think that I Christian think Javier is Javier that player? has the better chance to be that? That's why I like that deal better. So yeah, and again, we're just throwing course, this out there. Course. There's no report on of it. Of course, so we're just speculating, obviously. But yeah, that would be a good deal, I think. But would it be for Thomas or Varsho? I don't know. Um, I don't have the answer to that. So, yeah, it's just, it's been kind of disappointing watching, especially, I'm a fan of this team. It's just kind of disappointing watching all these other teams spend just ridiculous amounts of cash this offseason. And the Diamondbacks not really doing that. I know that that's never been, never really, never really been their thing. There's been obviously times where they have spent a lot of money on a player. Obviously, Zach Granke. Madison Bumgarner, unfortunately, is Monty Tomas. That was not good. $68 million for Tomas. Um, but, yeah, I mean, and at times where they've traded, you know, lots of prospects for a player that just didn't work out as well. They've tried. They have tried. But it just kind of gets depressing when you see. And I'm not I'm not saying that the D-backs should spend like Steve Cohen is spending with the Mets. That's ridiculous. It's almost impossible. Nobody for has what that they kind have. of money. Let's be yeah. honest. Well, Steve Cohen does. Uh, <laughs> Only him. And Jeff Bezos. Um, yeah. But so. Do you think the rest of the owners hate that guy? <laughs> okay. Driving up the price for everything. I think there are probably a certain group of owners that really hate him because of what I just said. It's It makes other owners that don't spend money very often look bad. Yeah. It makes their fans look at them and go, what are you doing? I don't think it's why, great. Why are they able to do that and we can't? I don't think it's great for the sport. It's great for the players, obviously, because, you know, it drives up salaries and all that. And the union's going to love it. It's not good for the sport because baseball, of all sports, has the least amount of parity. Because there is no salary cap. In football, I mean, you can argue, you know, the, the Eagles are the best team in the league and the Texans are the worst. There's no doubt about that. We can all th- we can all agree on that. Yeah. But they spend comparable amounts of money 
usually in the NFL. In the NBA, I think there's more parity there than there is in baseball as well. There are teams in baseball that are never good. Yeah. And that never spend. And you think the two are related? I mean, the Oakland A's, give them a little bit of credit at least. They do tend to be com- very competitive, like once every five years. Uh-huh. But all those other years, they're spending $30 million on their team. Yep. And they're non-competitive. They're completely irrelevant. And this offseason, they offload, over the last year or so, they've offloaded every player you could name. I don't know anybody who plays for the A's anymore. Literally every... I. I I'm trying in my head right now. I'm like, who they, plays for the A's? They've I gotten have no rid idea. of their best players in back-to-back years. They traded Matt Olson, Matt, gone. Matt Chapman, Matt Chapman, gone. Sean Murphy, Sean Manaya, Sean Manaya. Yep. Frankie Montas, uh, Frankie Montas certainly. I mean, like, come on, Chris Bassett was there. Yep, gone. Outfielder <laughs> Mark Canna, gone. gone. Yeah, yeah. They're all gone. Yeah. Ramon Laureano, he's that's still, the only he's guy there. there, and he got a PED <laughs> suspension. Yeah, they only kept him because they can't get rid of him. Exactly. Literally nobody exactly. will take him. Uh, speaking of suspension, by the way, <laughs> I saw that uh, our good friend Trevor Bauer, and oh, I say don't good call friend him facetiously. That. That's, not, that's not accurate. Yeah, only because he was drafted here as a Diamondback. He was. He is certainly not a great friend. That's what, probably why they uh, traded him away so young. Trevor Bauer has been suspended for quite some time. And yes, probably deserved it. And <laughs> he's going to be reinstated this year. Dodgers pitcher Trevor Bauer reinstated. MLB suspension reduced from what was it, three hundred and twenty-four games to one hundred and ninety-four games, one hundred and forty-four of which he has already served. So he can come back in fifty game after fifty games of the twenty twenty-three season. He can pitch for the Dodgers again. Yeah, and I, I wondered if... He's still under contract with them, right? I believe so. I, I wondered if this was the reason the Dodgers haven't really made a lot of moves and let some guys go. Because like they're going to have to pay Trevor Bauer this year? Because they have a massive contract for a player that, honestly, and I'm reading from Bob Nightingale's Twitter account, I don't think they're keeping him around. I think they're just going to cut him the second that they're allowed to. And they got to eat that money. You're going to have to eat. I think it's uh, okay, I'm look, 23 I'm looking million at it or right, something. Like I'm looking at it right now. Um, okay, so Trevor Bauer is only under contract for 2023, and then he's a free agent again. $32 million. $32 million. He signed with the Los Angeles Dodgers in 2021. He signed a three-year $102 million deal. He made $28 million in 2021, $32 million in 2022, and $32 million next year he'll make before he hits free agency again. Now, I don't know if any of that changed because of the suspension. He will be docked pay for the first 50 games of the season, a loss of $10.9 million that essentially renders his time spent on the administrative leave as unpaid time served. So I'm looking at Spotrack.com, and it says his adjusted salary for next year is $22.537 million. Yeah, that sounds about right. So... Bauer's total loss salary between his 144-game suspension in 2022 and his 50 games this season is $37.5 million. That's how much money he lost because of the suspension. Yeah. But I don't think he plays for the Dodgers again. I don't know that he ever plays baseball professionally again. I feel like that would not be a good uh, PR move for the Dodgers to bring him back. Is it a good PR move for anybody to bring him Probably back? Probably not. By the way, this is a player who hasn't played baseball in two years. Right. A, a pitcher. A, a pitcher that hasn't pitched. 
Yeah. Maybe his arm is fresh. Who knows? It probably is. Now, but I, knowing the very little about Trevor Bauer outside of MLB that I do, I know that he's a very popular YouTuber. Huh. Uh, not that that ever means you're good at what you do, but the guy did win a Cy Young recently. Um, 2020. Right. 2020. Again, <laughs> rough year. Um, this is the kind of guy that keeps himself in shape. Yes. Like, he's been working out. I think he actually lives here in Arizona. Probably. Um, Everyone lives here. like, has a facility that he built specifically, like, for his channel, but also for himself oh, to work yeah. out on. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking so about. So, it's not like he's been sitting on the couch for sure. the last two Eating years. Cheetos and whatnot, Somebody yeah. could use that guy as a player. The question is, are you okay morally with what he did or did not do? Right. I don't think I would be if I was running a team. And what is the cost? Now, see, he might be willing to take a lesser deal because he's getting paid to do nothing well, if the Dodgers cut him. And here's the thing for the Dodgers, just from a baseball standpoint, they could actually really use Trevor Bauer. Walker Bueller had Tommy John surgery very late in the season last year. He's out for all the He's year. He's probably out for mo- most, if not all, this season. Probably. Clayton Kershaw ain't getting any younger. He he's, never plays a full season. He's back again. He always has a back injury somewhere in the season that puts him on the IL. Yep. Um, I mean, they still have Julio Urias, who's very good. Who very, is very good. Who was in the running for the Cy Young Award, which Zach Gallen should have been. Don't get me started. Um, Dustin May? Dustin May is coming back. He, he came back last year from Tommy John. He was coming out of the bullpen. He still throws really hard. Tony Gonsolin? Gonsolin had a very good year last year, but I think it might have been one of those fluky years. Tyler Anderson is now in Anaheim down the down the freeway there. Right. Um, and who knows if he's going to be. They just, they signed Noah Syndergaard. That's right. I forgot they about that. They signed Syndergaard. He'll probably be amazing. I know. I hate them. I literally sent a message to some of my Dodger fan friends. I'm like, watch Noah Syndergaard be in the Cy Young contention this year. The I think this might be the most mad you've gotten at me in, in the last couple of weeks, but we were both talking about the Dodgers signing J.D. Martinez. Oh, yeah. Forgot. I had forgotten they did that. Look what you did. I know. And I brought it up. Oh. And I said, man. That made me sick. What a great signing. I don't forget what I said. It but is it a good like signing. That. That's what oh, makes it, it even worse. That's what makes me so mad about it. I am I was sick to my stomach when I saw J.D. Martinez went to the Dodgers. Has, for a, It was only a year for $10 million. Has there ever been a player that we've become so attached to locally in such who a short played time? so little for the team in town? No. He played for, what, two and a half months? Three months at most? Half a season? He was traded a little before the All-Star break to the Diamondbacks. So three months. Yeah. He played three months in Arizona. And he hit like 40 home runs in three months. One playoff series. Yep. Yep. But he And was, we feel so attached to what happens with all, J.D. Martinez. All he did was hit homers. Just dingers was J.D. Was J.D. Martinez in 2017. And it really helped because Paul Goldschmidt went on his September slump. And J.D. Martinez just kept hitting dinger after dinger after dinger. Hit four home runs in Dodger Stadium. By the time the regular season starts and he uh, plays in his first game for the Dodgers, he will have already been a Dodger for more days than he was a Diamondback. <laughs> That's so sad. Think about that. I want to root for J.D. Martinez so bad, and now I have to hate him. I know. I know. Uh, I'll throw this out there, too. I think he's one of the most underrated hitters in baseball in the last decade. 
I think JD Martinez is one of the best power hitters we've specifically power hitters, but also he he's had a high average. He struggled recently. Yeah, in his he's, last couple of years with the Red he's Sox. He's taken a turn down, no doubt. Yeah, I think what's happening. I, we might have talked about this last episode too. I think what's happening is the Dodgers are just going to kind of plug their team with some guys here or there. They'll probably still be really good. They still have Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. Even if you lose. 10 less games this year than last. You're still, what, in the 90s? You're still going to win the division, probably. Anyway, and I think they're going to throw all their chips in next year at Shohei Otani. I think that's what's going to happen. Everybody thinks that. I think everyone thinks that. I think think the teams for Otani next year will be the Dodgers, probably maybe the Yankees, but now I'm not sure, sir, after they got Rodon. They could still probably be in it. The Giants. The Giants. And there was a lot of... The Cubs were trying to spend a lot of money this year, too. Can I throw a wild card in there? Oh, boy. What? Uh, Well, I'll throw two wild cards. One of them I'm kind of joking. The other one I'm not. The kind of joke is the Padres. Because they're literally hoarding all the good players right now. They would. Um, Small market team playing like a big market. Uh, and just all depends on who owns the team, man. And just like AJ Preller just does crazy stuff every year. Um, The one I'm less joking about, the Seattle Mariners. Ooh, yeah. There is I, I I don't want to generalize this based on race, but there is this history they have of Asian players There's a pipeline wanting to play for the Mariners, and I think a lot of it has to do with Ichiro. I do, I agree with that. Uh maybe some of it is proximity to Japan as well. I agree with that. I mean, the obviously thing. nowhere in the United States is close to Japan, but sure. uh it's a hell of a lot closer in Seattle than it is in New York. Um so I'm just saying with where Seattle's at in their progression, they could, I mean, you add an elite starting pitcher and all-star caliber hitter to the Seattle Mariners right now, I think they're probably winning a World Series. They might win it without them, by the way. That's an incredible mm-hmm. fit there. I have no idea if they can make the money work, but Jerry yeah. DePoto is also another one of those yeah, GMs that does stuff. he's a wild card, man. He, he'll do some wacky stuff up yeah. there. The, that's Ro- my, the that's Robinson my Cano uh, big contract that he... Jerry Depoto has given out a lot of ridiculous contracts over the years. And then he trades them away. Robinson Cano was a ridiculous contract. Albert Pujols was a ridiculous contract. I believe that was Jerry Depoto. And then, of course, that year, too, was Josh Hamilton and C.J. Wilson, who both didn't work out at all. Pujols didn't work out. Cano didn't work out. He just gives out a lot of big contracts and hopes it works out. Yeah. Well. He had to trade Edwin Diaz to get rid of Robinson Cano. Yeah. To the Mets. And the Mets were like, all right. That's like when we gave up uh, Tuki Toussaint to get rid of, rid of Bronson Arroyo. Arroyo. <laughs> Not <laughs> exactly the luckily, same caliber of luckily, trade. Luckily, Tuki Toussaint hasn't turned into Edwin Diaz. And Bronson Arroyo was dumping $14 million, not $240 million. Bronson Arroyo, I, be- I think I was at this game. He threw a complete game with a torn UCL for the Diamondbacks. What a boss. I think I was at that game. I think he outdueled like Cliff Lee on the Phillies. Maybe it was Strasburg. I can't remember. Let me ask you this, but, man. Since we were talking Otani for a minute, let's say he gets to next offseason, he goes into free agency, which is surely what that's will happen. A, I think that's a foregone conclusion. How much money do you pay that guy? Considering Correa just got offered, he's three hundred fifty million. He's, he's going to make. Four, he's going to make four hundred million dollars. I think he'll make half a bill. That's probably fair. Five hundred million. I, I don't. Here's what's hard I don't about think it. it goes less than four. Because here's how I'm negotiating. If I'm Otani and his uh, agent, I have no idea who his agent is. Probably Scott Boris because he <laughs> represents like ninety percent of the league. It feels like. Um, 
if I'm negotiating for Otani, I'm it doesn't matter what team you're talking to. You say I want 10 years and I am a pitcher and a hitter. And guess what? I'm as good at pitching as Max Scherzer and I'm as good at hitting as Pete Alonso. So I want to be paid both of their salaries. Whatever you think they're both worth. Yeah. Because I at the end of the season we did the math. We looked at what their uh basically their pitching war for Scherzer and the hitting war for Alonso. He's better than both of them separately. He's in the MVP and Cy Young award contention. If Trevor every Bauer year. made 45 million a year in his contract before he did stuff. Uh and Max Scherzer made 45 and yeah. DeGrom's going to make roughly 45. Then doesn't Otani make 50? And don't you do it over 10 years. He might. And teams are going to be resistant to that because n- nobody thinks he can pitch and hit at this level for 10 years. Yeah. But does everybody expect Carlos Correa to hit at this level for 12? No. Xander Bogarts to hit and field at this level for 11? Nope. If I'm Otani, I'm like, dude, and here's the thing. I'm both. And, Pay me and to here, be both. And here's the thing. If Shohei Otani can't, gets to the point where he can't pitch anymore... He's still a ridiculously good hitter, one of the best hitters in the game. Is he a $50 million a year hitter, though? Probably not. Not on his own. The value comes in getting both. So maybe maybe his 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 contract will be heavily front-loaded, because by the end of it is that contract, is he going to be that good of a pitcher at 36, 37 years old? Could he be not only the first guy to get $50 million a year, could he make 60 Oh my gosh. $60 but you do million? 60, 60 over 5, and then you... The next five, you give him 30 a year, 35. You see what I'm saying? Okay, well, if we're talking that much, the Mets have to be in it, right? I mean, the the Mets have to be in conversations for Otani. I think Steve Cohen's in on every conversation at this point. That's going to be an insane free agency for Otani. That's going to hold up the entire offseason, the way that Judge kind of did this year. And then we'll just wait for John Heyman to get it wrong. Uh, so we kind of covered the Diamondbacks. Not much really there. Uh, hopefully, I still believe that there's a trade coming, so I'm hoping that there will be some news at some point. But as of now, we're roughly two months away from looking at the start of spring training. Carlos Correa, the biggest surprise of the offseason is that he signed with a team and then didn't end up playing for that team. Something that's certainly unprecedented. Hey, we want to thank you so much for checking out the podcast today. Uh, Really appreciate you listening. I'm Steve Zinsmeister, Cody Fincher as well. You've been listening to the Ain't No Fang podcast here at ArizonaSports.com and on the Arizona Sports app.